All right. Welcome again. It's another Thursday. We welcome you all to Menace Podman. I am Scott Keller along with Steve St. Pierre. It is week 18 of the NBA season. It's the last week where the NBA season actual and the fantasy week number are the same. <laughs> Since we get that, that extended <laughs> nice. fantasy week with the All-Star break, it kind of screws everything up and everything's a week off after this. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, but anyways, I get, we got a bunch of stuff still to talk about, even though there's not really any games coming up. We got the three games uh, Thursday, and then there's no games again until Thursday, February 23rd. So almost a whole week there in between. Um, we're going to talk about, let's see, we got, we still got some regular NBA talk about injuries, some returns, uh, some buyout talk, talk about the guys and their new threads, how they're performing. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? And then I just had a couple of housekeeping things I had to spit real quick. The one was learned, unfortunately. We wanted to get some ads with a certain amount of listeners. They changed it to 100 listeners on Spotify. I think we're somewhere around 30, 40 or something like that. So anyways, if you like what you hear, if you enjoy it, if you know anybody that might like some basketball podcast talk, fantasy. Yeah, spread the word. Yep. Go on. Go do whatever you can and spread it. Let everybody know. Also, programming notes, I was doing the the Picks podcast every Monday through Friday. I just cut it completely. There wasn't really many people listening to the pod, um, the audio. I think there was probably like five, six people tops. Yeah, I think like you said, man, people just, they want their information right away. You know, if you've got the picks, you just put them all on a sheet. They can go on Twitter. They can look at it real quick and be like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool. Here we go. Yep, exactly. Um, that's just the world we live in, but we're still going to keep recording. We're still going to keep talking um, at least once a week. And like we've been saying, hopefully we'll get to a point where we're on here multiple times a week because we love doing this and we just keep getting better and better as we go. Exactly. Yeah. The weekly podcast not going anywhere. So don't worry about that if you enjoy it. Um, and like you said, Twitter at Menace Podman picks are still on there tracking them every day. It's getting like 300 views on there, actually. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah. And we have actually, today was the 38th day of making picks um, just this week since the last podcast, 65 and 29, 69%, which is incredible. Nice. So, Good number. So, even if you don't, <laughs> yes, it is. Even <laughs> if you don't pay too much attention to the betting, if you, if you ever get any inkling to try it, give it a listen. It might help you out a little bit. All right. So, that's it for that part um random stuff let's see oh man (laughs) random stuff we gotta start with the first thing name on your paper first thing there it is so the first thing of the day i wanted to talk about the boston celtics with you a little bit we get the news today joe mazula has finally got the interim title off of him so he is yeah long overdue long overdue he's been amazing We've talked about him, everything that he's gone through, everything that that team has had to endure since really, you know, since losing in the finals. And, exactly. um, yep, everything with uh, Ime Yudoka and, and his now dismissal. Yes, um, in the past. Yep. So it's just, you know, it huge, huge credit to that team. They've just, they've been so good. Um, first place throughout the entire league. They're, you know, 42 and 17 right now, um, 24 and seven home record, 18 and 10 away. 
They are right now um, in their last 10 games, seven and three. They've just been so good. And, you know, the East, especially at the top of the East, it's, it's loaded. So to rise above all of those other teams, that really says something, especially for a first-year head coach. Young guy, too. Um, he's making a name for himself. And, you know, this is definitely, like I said, long overdue, well-deserved. Yeah. And you know, I think uh, it's, hopefully they keep it going. Yeah, super interesting with uh, Udoka. I've, I've read things about him being possible head coach candidate here in the off season for other teams, which is, I, I don't know, I guess kind of thought he was just done. And he it sounded like again. Brooklyn was going to hire him. It was yeah. really sounding like that was a done deal. And then they kind of changed course and went back exactly. to Jack Vaughn, which I think was the better move. Definitely was the right move. And also interesting about the Joe Missoula thing is I, they sent him to a multi-year deal. I don't, I know the details aren't out yet, but um. I don't, I don't know how long and money-wise and whatnot, but great move, like you said. Um, I also thought it was, this is a word you use all the time, classy. I thought it was very classy <laughs> of Boston to do that right before he goes out to uh, coach Team Giannis here in the All-Star game. So it's, it's Yeah, that's him, a great point. It's yeah. also just, you know, that we've talked about how the players feel about him, and they were really adamant that he get a, a chance at this. You know, pretty much as soon as the Udoka news broke, all the players kind of backed him and kind of said, he's our guy. He deserves this opportunity. And obviously, you know, they've all backed that up. It's, it's really worked out well. They haven't skipped a beat. They look great. And, you know, they made moves and they're just, they're loaded. Their roster looks great. Guys are coming back. We're going to talk about that in a second, but yeah, they, they, <laughs> they look as good as anybody right now. I agree. And they were my pick here at the beginning to come out of the East and I'm not changing my mind. I think another thing that really solidified that was that game against Milwaukee the other day. Um, and they pushed Milwaukee to overtime. Unfortunately they lost, but they were like, they basically had zero starters in that game. Um, so just the depth of Boston looks great. And uh, I think they look better than they looked in any other year. And I don't see why they don't go back um, and return to the finals. So, Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a fun playoffs. It's going to be fun to just see how, you know, all these teams look in a seven game series, but I, I'm, I can only imagine we're going to see some pretty intense battles, especially the later we go. Exactly. All right. Um, as we talked about in the past, um, I don't care about the all-star game. I know. I think Me neither. agreed with that. But there are a few parts of the All-Star game that I do like. And this year, the little bit of, obviously we talked about, I think last episode about the Rising Stars game. I yeah. think that's going to be really entertaining. A lot of good guys in that game. The other thing that interested me a lot, what this, and it usually always does, is the three-point shooting competition. And now that I see the actual lineup for it, I'm a little even more excited for it. <laughs> I don't know if you saw all eight guys in that. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's like a higher tier than it usually is. I know last year it was McCollum, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony Townsend ended up winning it, uh, Van Vliet, Kennard, and Patty Mills. So, eh, you know, so-so. <laughs> and this year you're looking at Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markinen, Julius Randle, and... So we got all eight of those guys. And I just want to throw you on the spot. Who are you taking in that? Who, who do you like in the three point contest this year? Um, That's a tough call. I kind of like, 
I kind of like Dame, and I kind of like Buddy Heald. <laughs> you, you should see. Are you reading my notes? Because uh... <laughs> not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, Randall, they announced was taken over for Anthony Simons, and we'll talk Correct. about Simons. Um, we'll talk about his injury that he has, but um, yeah, that's a good. You know, Randall's looked really good. I I don't know that I like him in this contest though. Um, I really like Dame. I think. For me, I keep going back and forth between Dame and Buddy Heald. I just so, think both of those guys, I think they have the confidence. They got the stroke. Um, I think if I have to pick one, I'll say Dame. Okay, good. So that sets us apart a little bit. I got Buddy Heald on the top of my list. Yeah. Um, right when I read through these names, I was like, that's the one that stood out. And then I was like, well, I'm going to look at some numbers to see if that backs up my feelings. Yeah. I think he's he's got the quickest release out of all eight of these guys. I think so. I, honestly, man, I almost want to switch. <laughs> yeah. He's... But he was – those two guys were the first two that I said as well. Yeah. Like, you know, and pretty easily over yep. the rest of them. Same. Yeah. Anything can happen. I mean, I don't know too many people that had Towns winning the whole thing last year. So no, I mean, I th- it's all about just getting hot, you know, and going in at the right moment. Yeah, I think Towns was uh, a huge underdog in that. He might have been the, mm-hmm. the the lowest. He made the most money if you took him last year. Um, like I said, though, the, I don't think the field was as good, nowhere near as good as this year. But Buddy Hield also has the most made threes as of this point in the season out of those eight guys. Mm-hmm. He's also has the eighth highest three point shooting percentage out of everybody in the NBA and the top out of all eight of those guys as well. So if you're just looking at numbers and just the eye test, it's, it's buddy healed. Yeah. And in term in terms of skill set, you know, he's just, this is what he does. Yep. He's a shooter. Those other guys, I mean, they have other parts of their game that they kind of focus on. He's strictly just a shooter. You know, yep. he, just, he just bombs away. And then, yeah, I straight up have Dame, too. And then I've got uh, Lowry Markinen, third home hometown guy. And he shoots pretty That's a well good call. From, from beyond the arc. Um, yeah. So those are my top three. But I wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys wins it. Like, last year, like I said, I could pick, like, three, four guys that I would assume. Mm-hmm. This year, it's, like, wide open, I think. Any, any of yeah, those eight guys I could agree. actually win it. So. And you're right. It'll be entertaining to watch. All right. And then speaking of the All-Star game, I just read a story today, too, because um, the All-Star game hasn't been in Salt Lake City, Utah, since uh, 1993. So 30 years or something like that. Yeah, 30 years. <laughs> I can do my math. Nice. Yep. <laughs> um, but it, there was a quick article I saw. Um, uh, let's see. I guess they have this entrepreneur guy, Mr. Mack. Um, and he's like, he owns like a suit store or something. I've never heard anything about this guy, but I hmm. read it today. And I guess he was the final, I, I wanted to say nail in the coffin, but that doesn't work for the rest of the story that I'm going to say. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it was the final part of getting the all-star game there. I guess they, they, you know, Salt Lake city and everybody put everything together to, to get it there and give your, uh, your campaign to get it there and whatnot. And then I guess this guy called, uh, Adam Silver, and that was kind of the last part, and then it was official. But then they went to officially award it to Salt Lake City, and the guy died like 12 days before it, before oh, the official award it. And I was like, that's nuts. So hopefully he's, uh, I don't know, hopefully he can uh, somehow, <laughs> as a spirit, come down and watch the All-Star game in Utah Yeah, or for sure, but, and hopefully but... somebody will honor him in some capacity but. exactly so yeah maybe we'll see something about that but yeah they had like ty burrell was in like the end of this campaign video from modern family yeah <laughs> he's like i guess he's from utah or whatever so 
he was, That's he cool. was pushing it. And stuff. Good idea. They all these, yeah, they had all these celebrities in it and stuff. But, but yeah. Anyways, um, where to go here from here? Maybe some fresh threads. Just some guys that changed uniforms over that we talked about in trades that had some good games. Yeah, um, let's do it. I know. Obviously, Kyrie was one of the big guys. Uh, got traded. We saw the other day they couldn't decide who was going to take that last shot in yeah. what was that, against Minnesota. And that was kind of interesting. I thought it was weird, but it was, it was that, you know, the, they're going to, that they're working out the kinks, you know, exactly. and it's early. It's going to take a little bit of time, but you know, once they get a little bit more familiar with each other and, and who likes the ball where, you know, and, and, you know, kind of picking and choosing your favorite spots, they'll get better and better. They'll get more com- comfortable and more acclimated. And, um, you know, it won't be as sloppy down the stretch. They'll, they'll know what they're doing. So, um, it's all, you know, part of the learning experience, but yeah, Kyrie's looked great. He sat out, you know, their game last night, but otherwise he's played, you know, he played four straight games before that. And he's been just all over the place. Yeah. Scoring, hitting threes, getting assists, rebounds, doing like we said, normal Kyrie stuff. Yeah, and the great thing that the one day that he wasn't shooting too well, he gets to the free throw line, so he makes it up. He's he's one of the best. Yep. Um, another guy. Mikkel. He hasn't missed a free throw in Dallas. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, yeah now he's, he's passing the ball. It looks like, yeah, he just fits right in. I think he'd fit right in anywhere, but I hope he proves me right and Dallas wins that division. <laughs> I want to see it happen big time. Um, another guy had another great game yesterday. What was that yesterday? Wednesday. Yes. On the 15th, Mikhail Bridges just went off. I don't know if him and Dinwiddie are just deciding they want to switch every other game right now. That's what looks like is happening. <laughs> but yeah, his, his first game, uh, with Brooklyn, he had 23 second game seven and that's when Dinwiddie went off. But uh, yeah. yesterday, 45, eight and five, two blocks, two steals. He was just a career night. That was his best night. I think ever. Yeah, and we talked about him last week. You know, this is his opportunity to be more of a focal point offensively. You know, he's always been such an amazing defensive player, and he's been a solid two-way player. You know, he's always been pretty good offensively, but now he truly has a chance to be great. And, you know, games like that where he's scoring in the 30s, 40s, he's going to have those opportunities. He's going to have the ball in his heads a ton. He's going to have, you know, a lot of shots a lot of usage, um, and he's still getting all the defensive stats too. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and read his full line. This was last night, like you said, against Miami. He played 36 minutes. He had 45 points, four triples, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks. Just a beautiful fantasy stat line right there. And, you know, I don't think it's too crazy to expect, you know, much less than that. Yeah, and shooting 70%. It's like it's it's great, yeah. fantastic. But no, he looks great. I think I I read something too that maybe I got this wrong or mixed up. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But I th- think somebody offered Brooklyn actually some first round picks for Mikael Bridges, and they were like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I saw that too. But yeah. yeah, no, that was a you know Mikael Bridges fits the mold of what they're trying to do here. They're trying to just get guys that want to be there for the long haul, you know, and and they're comfortable with just kind of taking their time and and maybe taking a step back, you know, because coming into this season, obviously they had really high expectations. 
based on the players that they had on the roster. And now those players are gone. And so, you know, they're they're I think they're still trying to figure out their identity in the short term, but I think long term what they want are just guys that want to be there, want to play together, um, not really focused on who's scoring or who's doing what. You know, they're just kind of trying to play together as a group. And like we said last week, um, you know, just continue to continue to grow it organically and, you know, keep trucking along as a team, as a as an entire unit. Yeah. No, I love I love Mikael Bridges. I think I confessed my love for him last week. But yep, uh, same here. Yeah, uh, and then moving on as we were talking about all those Wildcats last week, uh, Josh Hart um, looks really mm-hmm. good in his new home in New York, and he had a twenty-seven point game too in his uh, second game with New York. And yeah, he just he looks great. He looks like he fits right in. And uh, yeah, I yeah. just love. He's just a great fit for New York. He's a Tom Thibodeau type of guy. And like we said last week, you know, he's really close with uh, Jalen Brunson. And like you said, his skill set just really fits that team. I think he's going to wind up starting for them. Um, But yeah, he's just been great. He's scoring more than he was, you know, with Portland. He's yeah. come out. He's really attacking. He's hitting a bunch of threes. He's still rebounding really well. We talked about that last week. He's a really good rebounder for like a guard forward. Um, And he's a pretty good defensive player. So, you know, he's kind of like a mini bridges, you know, he's going to, and he has the opportunity, you know, he's going to have the ball. He's going to be out there. He's going to get more and more minutes. It's, it's worked out well. And the three games that he's played, they've won. So he's helping them win games. That's going to lead to him staying on the court even longer and yeah, he looks great. Anybody that drafted him in fantasy, hopefully you kept him the whole time and now you're reaping the benefits. Yeah. I definitely like New York a lot, not to go too high, but in that five, six area, I think they stick around there the, until the playoffs start. And then, Oh, I also heard a lot of the fan base in New York's very happy because Brunson's just been amazing. I, and he's not even an all-star, right? He got snubbed or something. Yeah, like he did. He did. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, it is ridiculous. But like we said, so they're in sixth right now, but they're only two games behind Brooklyn. And we said there's a good chance that Brooklyn takes a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. So I could, you're right. I could definitely see the Knicks passing them up. And then from there, um, they would still be a few games back from Cleveland in the fourth spot. So you're probably right. They probably max out around five. But that's a good spot for them, you know, all things considered, the expectations that they had coming in, you know, they're looking good. And, you know, as Hart and the rest of those, you know, newer guys start to get acclimated and they start to gel, you know, that's all you need to do before the playoffs start. And then you come in hot and anything can happen from there. Yeah. No, talking about that, I looked at those standings again today and I was like, I don't know how one through four change. I think it's one through four is going to stay there till the end and then everybody else might shuffle around. But yeah, I'm kind of thinking I, the same thing. I don't think that's, and I actually don't even think once you go to the playoffs, those one through four change. I think those are the final four in the semifinals. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, probably no, one, four and two, three, probably, but probably regardless. And then the last guy we had to talk about was uh, <laughs> Jakob Pertl. I just want to talk about him. I love Jakob Pertl. I I drafted him um, on my fantasy team, and he finally you could tell the first two games there with Toronto that they were kind of easing him in. I think he came off the bench the yeah. first day. 
Um, but then he finally got those uh, Toronto type minutes that the starters are getting where they all played yep. 35 plus minutes and he got those 37 minutes and he was incredible. 30 points, nine boards, two assists, six blocks. My favorite stat <laughs> <laughs> and a steal. And so. just like you said, vintage Pirtle, just, you know, that's what he does, but the scoring is huge and he's just such a great fit for that team. He was exactly what they needed. You know, that, that team, they've got a bunch of like athletic, versatile players, but they didn't have a true big man, a guy that could just play his game. He's not going to score 30 points a game, but he's going to be a presence defensively. He's going to be a presence in terms of rebounding and just providing that size and the skill set to, to work with those other players. It's a great fit. He was with that team before too, so there's familiarity there. It was a really good, really good move. And I think a good kind of last chance with this group. We heard all the rumors about how they might be breaking it up and trading guys like Van Vliet or Siakam, maybe even Ananobi. But no, they're keeping them together and they're going to just give these guys another chance and see what they can do. Pirtle's a great fit for those guys. Agreed. All right. So I believe that's everything I had on top of my notes. Um, I know you got some. What, injuries, returns, some buyout news you want to run through? Yeah, let's start with the buyouts and the signings and all that stuff. We had a lot of transactions since the trade deadline. So um, I'll just kind of go down the list here. And anybody that we want to kind of break down in, in depth or whatever we can. Um, not a lot of huge names, just guys that I think more in terms of real life will benefit the teams that they're going to. Not so much fantasy but uh, but in any case, you know, we can talk about whoever we want to talk about. Um, I'll go ahead and start with Danny Green. He was waived by the Houston Rockets and wound up signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he gives them a little bit of extra depth on the perimeter. Um, that'll really help them out. Uh, similarly, Terrence Ross um, signed with the Phoenix Suns after being bought out by the Orlando Magic. And what was interesting was he almost went to Dallas they were talking and, and it almost sounded like they were going to come to terms on a deal, but then it sounds like Phoenix kind of came in last minute and made him an offer and kind of explained like what his role was going to be. And that just seemed to appeal to him a little bit more. Yeah. They were like Kevin Durant. He was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't that hard of a sell, <laughs> but in any case, um, you want to so win a championship. All right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, and I mean, you know, Dallas, we just talked about Kyrie, but you know, I, I don't think Dallas is quite there yet. They're still missing a couple pieces, but um, in any case, yeah, Ross goes to Phoenix. So then Dallas kind of switched gears and wound up getting Justin holiday. They wound up signing him after he was waived by Houston. Um, Reggie Jackson was way, was bought out by Charlotte by the Hornets. And we, we mentioned that last week. He did officially wind up signing with the Denver Nuggets. So that's huge for them, you know, with the Jamal Murray stuff. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup. They needed some extra depth. Um, they traded your boy Bones. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a pretty good replacement. Bones, for Bones Highland. Yeah, you needed to get a replacement in there. So that's a really good pickup. Um, Goga Patadze, he's a solid big man. He was waived by Indiana, and he wound up signing with Orlando. Not the greatest fit. Orlando <laughs> has a ton of big men. But it's, I'm glad to see that someone picked Goga up because he yeah. does deserve some kind of an opportunity. 
And maybe down the stretch, you know, they'll throw them out there for some garbage time. You know, Orlando's not going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure at some point they'll give him a chance and he'll be worth a look. So, you know, not a guy that I'm rushing out to grab in fantasy, but just somebody you can keep an eye on, you know, in case there's any injuries and stuff like that. Um, Dwayne Dedman, he was uh, waived by the Spurs. We talked about him last week. He got traded and then immediately waived. Um, he wound up going to Philly. So he's going to be the 76ers' backup to Embiid, or at least another backup for Embiid, which is smart because Embiid came out today and said that he's not 100% healthy. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you can never have enough depth, especially in terms of, you know, bigs, experienced bigs who can, you know, do different things. Deadman, you know, when given the opportunity, he's been pretty, you know, reliable in terms of, Scoring, rebounding, you know, being a defensive presence. So good pickup for them. Yeah, the Embiid news was crazy. I didn't know anything about that. And I read that there was an article today. He said the doctor said he should have shut it down, you know, took some rest like weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And he just wanted to get to the all-star break. And I'm sitting there reading this and I'm like, thank God I don't have Embiid on my fantasy team. Like, <laughs> it is scary. We were, just, we were just talking about like the those top four teams probably not moving out of those top four spots. And I would assume he gets a lot of, not maybe not a lot of rest, but a decent amount of rest coming up. And you got fantasy playoffs coming up here in what, two weeks? Yeah. He's on your team. Like, I feel like he's not going to be playing all those games. So, But on the flip side of that, he has not missed a game since January 21st. True. And if you look at his numbers... He's an absolute beast. He's in MVP mode yet yeah. again. So He's looked great. Yeah, so interesting. To you're see getting the production. Yeah, you're getting the production that you drafted yeah. out of him right now. But like you said, is he going to be able to carry that into next month? You know, when we're do- when we're in the playoffs and when it matters most. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Patrick Beverly, guy we've been talking about a lot. He did wind up getting bought out by the Orlando Magic after he went there at the deadline. And he hasn't signed anywhere yet, but it sounds like he's going to wind up going back to the Timberwolves. And um, they really liked him in Minnesota. He was huge for them. You know, he helped get them to the playoffs. And, you know, they took a little bit of flack for all the celebrating they did. I was just going to say there's that famous video of him going nuts. I loved that personally. I thought it was great. You know, it, it's cool to have guys that, you know, take pride in kind of the history of the team that they're on and, you know, just kind of putting the fan base, you know, on their backs, you know, and just, you know, embracing that whole situation. It was good yeah. to see. And, you know, it helps for like the younger players. It gives them a little bit of perspective about like, hey, here's why it's important to take that next step, you know, to get to the playoffs and get that experience and not just be, you know, worried about how many points you're scoring and yada, yada, yada. It's about winning. It's about growing, developing and getting better as a team, as an organization. So, yeah, no, um, he'll, he'll always be that guy that I hate unless he's on my team. He'll just, yeah, he'll always be there. Same. And I think most people will agree with that, but you yeah. know, in terms of, you know, on the court production, it's a good pickup. He'll be a really good fit. You know, they got Mike Conley now. Uh, Conley's the starter. I assume that uh, Pat Bev will back him up, you know, probably play on the second unit. He could wind up starting. Uh, You know, we'll have to kind of wait and see. But, yeah, either way, you know, there's familiarity there with that team. 
with that coaching staff. And yeah, that's a really, if that winds up happening, it's a really good fit. Yep. And then um, just a lot of guys that haven't been signed or anything yet. They were just waived. We talked about John wall. He did officially get waived again <laughs> by the Rockets. You know, we talked all about that. Yep. Um, and then just some other guys that got waived, Justin Jackson from Oklahoma city, Stanley Johnson from the Spurs, uh, Greg Brown from Portland, and then Will Barton. He hasn't been waived yet, but it sounds like he's going to get bought out by uh, the Wizards. So he's a guy that I think will probably wind up going somewhere else. Yeah, um, I saw something on Twitter the other day of uh, Boston wanting him. Yeah, makes sense. You know, just yep. add some depth. You know, they've had some injuries and stuff. So, yeah, that would be a good pickup. You know, pretty much any team that gets him, you know, you're getting a quality score off the bench. Can't go wrong there. And then this one was the one that kind of surprised me the most. Kevin Love. They were initially saying that he was not going to get released by Cleveland. He wasn't going to get a buyout or anything. They really liked having him. They liked his presence in the locker room. Well, now they are discussing a buyout. And it sounds like if he does get waived, that he could wind up going to the Heat. And that's an interesting move because they do have a major need for another big man. But... Can you trust Kevin Love at this point? I mean, he's always hurt. Bam out of the bio. <laughs> Bam's just not enough by himself. He needs help. And, you know, if Kevin Love's healthy, he's a great pickup for them. I just don't know how much you can depend on him, you know, to stay in the lineup. Yeah. I guess, you know, if again, like we talked about last week, these guys, when they get bought out, you know, they sign with their new teams for the minimum. So if you're signing in for the minimum, you really have nothing to lose. But you know, it's definitely just one of those things where, you know, if he's healthy, he's a good fit. But otherwise, you know, he might wind up just sitting the bench again. Yeah, I actually thought that went final today, but they're finalizing deals, as looks like it says. Yeah. Buyout. So I don't, not that high on Miami. I don't think they're really going anywhere. Yeah, so, same. Unless same. Jimmy Butler turns into Luka Doncic again in the playoffs. but Which he could. He's done he it could. before, but yes. he needs, yeah, I, I just don't think even if he does that i just don't think they're deep enough they don't have enough. no man no <laughs> exactly they don't have enough talent but you know we'll see and then um this name popped up today goran dragic he is still with the bulls he didn't get traded or anything but there's talk that he might get waived and they might go say, in a different I, direction. he's been sitting on the the injury list or something for a long time hasn't he yeah and he's a guy that he's got a ton of value across the league I think teams will just be racing to try to pick him up. So um, definitely would make sense in a lot of places. He's obviously bounced around a little bit, so he has familiarity with a lot of teams already. But, yeah, you're right. He's a guy that, you know, um, he's been kind of in and out of the lineup. But when he plays, you know, we know what he can do. He's a solid playmaker. He can still score. He can still shoot. He can still spread the floor. Just a quality veteran. And yeah, he can help a team for sure. Let's see, so where do we stand with Russell Westbrook? I know. Uh, right now it's sounding like he's going to take his time. He is still under contract with Utah. There's talk that he could wind up staying with them. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, most of the rumors are saying Clippers, and that's what we talked about last week. Yeah, I personally think he should go there. I think that's the best fit for him. He played really well with Paul George when they were together with the Thunder. And we talked about it last week. He's a really good fit with the rest of their team. 
So I do think he's going to wind up going there to the Clippers in LA, but you know, we'll have to wait and see, and it might take some time. So if you have him in fantasy right now, you kind of have to just stash him. I don't personally think he's worth stashing. Um, if he winds up getting the injured tag and can go on an IL spot, that's one thing. But if he's taking up an active roster spot to me in nine category fantasy, he's not worth it in points leagues. Sure. But well, actually even in points leagues, man, he's just, like I said, he's occupying an active roster spot and you're missing out on other production there. So especially this close to the playoff time. Yeah. It I all depends it. on your I, league and your situation. I don't even see him getting tons of minutes, even if, does sign with the Clippers yeah, based they, on what they have there. I don't exactly. Whatever. It would have to be one of those things where they're continuing to rest other players, but then play Correct. him and just let him go out there and, and be Russell Westbrook, be that high usage guy, the, the triple double guy. Um, how often is that going to happen? Like you said, probably not very. So, yeah. Uh, but in any case, if he goes there um, in real life, he helps them a ton and you know, it's a good fit. So we'll see what happens though. Um, that's all I had for transactions. I do have some injury news, just some updates that I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, we'll start with Steph Curry. He's got the partially torn lower left leg. Um, sounds like he's going to miss a few games after all-star break. So hopefully not more than like two or three games, you know, maybe like that first week when they come back. But after that, hopefully he'll be back after that. Uh, one guy who will not be back anytime soon is Carl Anthony Towns. He's been out yeah. with the calf injury. Um, they were really hoping that he could come back after all-star break. Now it's sounding like, you know, he's aiming for the last maybe like 10, possibly 15 games of the season for fantasy. That's probably not going to be much at all. Most, you know, most leagues playoffs are starting in the next, like you said, couple weeks. So Man, that's a really tough situation. I think if you have him on your team, if he's taking up an IL spot, go ahead and hold him and just hope for the best. But it's not sounding very good right now. Um, another injured big man, a little bit, you know, a ways from coming back is Mitchell Robinson. He's been out with a fractured right thumb. He has not been cleared for contact. They were hoping to get him back shortly after All-Star break. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So. Yeah, it's, it's a one. bonus, but it's a bonus can play with, you know, fractured thumb or whatever. What this does is that true. say? What this that is say? true. <laughs> this is true. Can't argue that. No, it's a bonus. Demonis Sabonis is the greatest player in the NBA right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. He is your boy. And he's no, he's you're right. I mean, and it's everybody's pain tolerance is different and everybody's team situation is different. You know, with all due respect, Mitchell Robinson doesn't have the same kind of value to his team that Sabonis has to his. So, um, but in any case, yeah, it sounds like Mitch Robb's going to be out for a little while. Um, and then we mentioned Anthony Simons. Unfortunately, they just announced today he has a grade two ankle sprain. So he's likely going to be out at least four to six weeks, which means he's probably done for the fantasy season. Um, that sucks. Cause he's had such a good year. He was a candidate for most improved player this year. And now, you know, Portland's going to have to rely on 
their depth. Dame's scoring 45 points a game now yeah, instead Dame. of 35. Or yeah, whatever, he's going to have to be good the rest of the way. And then these guys, these other guys that have been out of the lineup need to come back. Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah, yeah they, they need to come back. And then their new players that we talked about, you know, Cam Reddish, Matisse Thybul, they're going to need to step up. Um, I didn't mention this last week, but they also wound up getting Kevin Knox in the yes. deal, the whole like James Weissman pistons all that that trade uh which did wind up getting finalized there was a little bit of concern because gary payton the second failed his physical and golden state was debating whether or not they wanted to void the trade they wound up accepting it they're just going to stay patient with him so that trade did get finalized and kevin knox was in that deal so he goes to portland as well uh but they still have guys like nazir little um the rookie shaden sharp Who's yep. been really good, by the way. Yeah, He's probably I like him a pickup. A yep. Yep. So, you know, it's just going to be a collective effort. But yeah, with Simons out, it's going to have to be all systems go the rest of the way for that team. Yeah. I was and... going to say, speaking of Weissman, too, he did cut into Duran's uh, stats a little bit the other he day. He did. He didn't start. Boston. There's been a lot of rumors that they're going to yep. wind up starting him. And yeah. I don't know if that means that he and Duran are going to play together. And maybe beef stew comes off the bench or if something else is going to happen. I mean, who knows, but in any case, I think all those guys are going to keep playing. They're going to keep looking at everybody. Um, but yeah, going back to Portland, you know, right now they're sitting in the 12th spot. So they're not, not even in the play in tournament yet. So they really need to get everybody back and make a push here or else they're going to be, you know, the outside looking in. So um, and then the last bit of news that I had, um, pretty unfortunate, Zion Williamson, you know, he's been out with the right hamstring injury. He aggravated the injury and is going to miss several more weeks. So he sounds like he's probably a no-go for fantasy the rest of the year. Yeah, and or ever. He might just retire. I mean. At this point. <laughs> we talked about it, man. You know, I, I said. Joke. I hope the best for him, though, but I joke. Yeah, I mean, we all do. He's, you know, he's must-see TV when he's playing. And he helps that team a ton. And they're still, you know, they're in the playoffs right now. They're in the, well, they're in the eighth spot. So they would be in the play-in tournament. But they're only a half game behind Minnesota, currently in the sixth spot. Yeah, they're better than Minnesota too. So Yeah, they so they, move you up know, a little bit. and they've got some other players that are coming back now from injuries. So, you know, they're going to just have to make do with what they have. But that's why I was so high on Valanchunas this year. Because I said, you know, even with the slow start, I knew there was a really good chance that Zion was going to miss a lot of time and that was going to open things up for Valanciunas to, you know, get back to kind of doing what he does, you know, dominating the paint, yeah, getting those minutes. I never paid attention much to B.I. And, until this year when he came back, and I really like him. I don't know, has he always been this productive in this, uh, like, he just he's like a number one there now, and I thought it was C.J. McCollum the whole time. But Yeah, you know, he, I don't think he was this good with the Lakers. But yeah. since coming over to the Pelicans, he has embraced that like franchise type player role. And yeah, like you said, he's looked great. He's, you know, putting up almost 30 points a game during the month of February. Yeah. So yeah, he's, you know, looking really good. And yeah, they're they're getting the rest of their guys back, you know. Um McCollum has been really good. Trey Murphy's been really good. They've got Herb Jones. He's been back. He's been playing pretty well. Larry Nance Jr. has been back. He's been, you know, doing pretty good. And they did pick up uh, Josh Richardson. 
from the Spurs. And he's looked good. He's looked really good, actually. So yeah, defensively too. Yep. Yep. So big impact. Yeah. So they're just going to have to make do with what they have, and you know, go from there. Good deal. All right. So I think that's is that the end of your list there. Yep, that's the end of my list. All right. So we got fantasy playoffs fast, fast, fastly. I don't even know if that's a word. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Quickly approaching. Um, well, we got about two weeks left because this week's two weeks. And for yeah. most people, I assume the quarterfinals start in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, three weeks, but two weeks, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that approaching, I did. I saw this article, which was very interesting, and it talks about the teams with the best playoff schedules. I think this, is, this isn't this is super new. This has been out for a few weeks now. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many people make moves around – fantasy playoff time if people think about that or that's probably just too much to think about how many games people have in the playoffs that they're going to have but i think people uh, absolutely do it and it's okay. smart you know it's 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 kind of tough now because guys miss so many games it's hard to oh. really predict but that's all the more reason to kind of say well i'm going to target the guys that are playing four games a week and then if they miss a game there's still three other games that they can play you know just it it gives you more possibilities there versus, you know, I've never played, I guess too many other than our kind of just little friends, recreational fantasy. And obviously we try, I mean, we want to win, but I don't think we take it super seriously and cut throughout at the end of the year or anything like that. Um, but anyways, this article, just, just to focus if, if you hadn't seen it. Um, so this is weeks 20 to 24, which would be the start of the playoffs to the end of the playoffs pretty much. Um, so there's four teams that play 19 games during those four weeks, and that's Houston, Memphis, Oklahoma City, and Philadelphia. So obviously we talked about Joel Embiid with his, you know, oh, maybe he gets some rest, maybe he doesn't. But anyways, if you're looking at guys on your team or you want guys on your team, maybe make some trades, who knows, to beef up how many games you get. Yeah. Um, but Jalen Green is one of those guys that's mm-hmm. probably going to be pretty valuable during that time. Uh Shangun, then again with Houston. Mm-hmm. We got John Morant. I don't think anybody's getting rid of him though. Same with SGA. That one we talked about. Um, you know, Oklahoma City doing weird stuff and resting people, but now that they're actually in that playoff contention, what do they do? Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it is. I, I, I really don't know. You know, I, I think they, I think they're going to just keep it going. I mean, they've their players have come out and said, you know, we we kind of want to stick it to all the people that said we were going to tank and not do anything. You know, they're missing Chet Holmgren all season. He was supposed to be their, you know, their prize rookie and he got hurt in the summer and, you know, he's, he's out the whole season. So a lot of people thought they would just come into the season, like whatever they'll play their guys, but then eventually shut everybody down. Like they have been doing the last few years, but yeah, man, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to just kind of keep it going. You know, they're in the 10th spot right now. And yeah, unless they go on some kind of huge losing streak in the next couple of weeks, or if they get some injuries or something, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to just kind of keep these guys in the lineup and just kind of keep competing. So we'll have to see, but yeah, I do think that this is a big thing. I think the schedule, it plays a huge factor. I think a lot of people are aware of it. And I think a lot of websites use the schedule grids Mm-hmm. That shows you each week, you know, how many games each team plays. 
And uh, one of my favorite ones is Basketball Monster. They have a great website. They've got a great schedule grid on there. Has it broken down by week, uh, by team. It's It's a nice, clean list. And yeah, it's really good to look at those every week and kind of, you know, plan, you know, guys to either pick up on the wire or like you said before the, the, you know, trade deadline, your fantasy trade deadlines, mm-hmm. uh, go target some of those teams that have the favorable schedules, you know, and it, it just, it, it's all comes down to your league, you know, what kind of league you're in and making sure you pay attention to you know, the dates, you know, when are your fantasy playoffs, you know, which weeks, you know, do they coincide with? And then also just kind of looking at like what your team needs are and kind of looking at some of your opponents and saying, okay, you know, I'm dominant in these areas, these areas, not so much. So I can try to either punt certain categories at this point, or I can try to improve real quick before our deadline. You know, there's a lot of different strategies, a lot of different options. Um, no. but I wanted to kind of go over something kind of cool. So, you know, we've talked about the different types of fantasy leagues and, you know, for like Roto leagues, they don't really do a playoffs. It's just kind of, you know, everything accumulates. So whoever's been the best stays the best unless they fall. So there's no real like postseason in fantasy for those type of leagues, but in head to head, there absolutely is a playoffs and it gets kind of tricky because you have a lot of leagues that are set up to either start early or start late. And then you have some people that would prefer the other way around. And we kind of, you know, in our, our previous podcast that we had when we were with ColorCast, uh, we talked a lot about like making sure that you're aware of your league settings and then also that you're in agreement with those settings. So it's really important to, you know, be in a league where like everybody's on the same page and understands like, here's what we're doing. And here's why we're doing it. Um, But in any case, it's really important to figure out how you want to do the fantasy playoffs, because there's a lot of things that come into play. You got to be mindful of teams that are starting to jockey for position and stuff like that. So you will have teams that rest players um, even more so than we've already seen this season. And, you know, there's always the fear of the shutdown. We've talked a lot about that. So it really comes down to, you know, how you want to run your playoffs to make things as even and balanced for every team as possible. And a lot of teams over the years, a lot of fantasy players have, you know, complained about like, there's no real easy or good way to do the fantasy playoffs and have like an even set of rules that helps everybody. We, you know, there are leagues out there where it's just a kind of a free for all. You don't have any kind of like, limits on you know pickups and drops and stuff like that and then there are other leagues where they do set limits and i i don't personally like setting a lot of limits but i do think it's important for the playoffs to have some sort of balance so i actually wanted to go over um in my main league how we do our fantasy playoffs because i think this is something that might be able to benefit other people out there listening and trying to figure out what you want to do for your leagues so what we do is uh, we are starting our fantasy playoffs February 27th. So after next week, uh, we come back from All-Star break um, Thursday, the 23rd, which is also our trade deadline. So we do the trade deadline. We come back. We finish 
our what what is basically the week week 18 matchup it combines weeks 18 and 19 into one matchup and then right after that we go into the fantasy playoffs so fantasy playoffs begin february 27th and what we always do is we lock the eliminated teams any teams that have been eliminated already um you can no longer do any ads or drops and that way you don't see these teams that are already you know out of it yeah. picking up guys that could be helping the teams that are still competing. No, nope. Makes sense. Um, so that's kind of one thing that I recommend for all leagues is set that up to where eliminated teams are locked. And then we have a rule. Are, are so, these um, locks like this? Are these available like in most fantasy leagues? Like yeah, yeah. you just go on and you get it. Okay. Yeah. Most, most leagues you just have, you know, the commissioner has their settings that they can go into and they can um, set specific teams to be locked. And there's actually all different kinds of things that you can do. Um, you can lock them from anything from making ads, drops, trades, to even like posting on message boards and stuff like that. So, it, oh. you know, it it all depends on what site you use. I know Yahoo, that's the site that I use, and they have all that stuff in there. It's pretty easy to navigate, uh, pretty easy to find everything. Um, but the other thing, too, is we do have um, – roster limits that we set and we came up with a pretty unique uh kind of setup basically what we do is every active team has three ad drop slots that they can use every day but they're revolving ad drop slots meaning if you go on in the morning and you pick up three guys to your team you can decide later on in the day you know what i want to drop one of those guys and pick up somebody else or you can say you know what um I'm going to go ahead and pick up somebody that I had already dropped from the day before and then drop someone else instead and basically change your third spot to a different spot. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does completely. Almost yeah. like a NBA fantasy line of credit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Keep plopping in different people and you can switch them out as much as you want. Yeah, it's just a way to kind of like accommodate for when guys, you know, rest or get ruled out before tip off and stuff like that, you know. So Completely. you're not just stuck with whoever you picked up, you know, because it's easy to say, okay, well, you've got three ads that you can make every day. Well, that's great. But like if I add somebody in the morning and then that same player gets ruled out or like someone else comes back and now that guy has less value. I'm stuck with them. I can't do anything. So we came up with this rule where, you know, you, your, your ad drop slots are revolving. And so you can change those three spots at any point before tip off. And it's a cool rule. It's something that's kind of like helped balance things a little bit. It's added to the strategy a little bit too. So like, let's say you're on the last day of your matchup and you know, a bunch of the categories are real close and you wind up going down in like, a category, but you go up in another one to where you might be able to come back and take this one, you can kind of switch gears. So like, for example, if you picked up a big guy in the morning, cause you were trying to get rebounds and blocks, but then you're like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to lose rebounds. I don't really have a chance. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pivot. It. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pivot more to like steals and assists. I'm going to get another guard. You can do that. You have the flexibility to go ahead and do that. Yeah, and, or even uh, if somebody gets dropped and becomes available, I would assume you can, you know, change your mind. Oh, so yeah, as long as it's, this morning. Yep, as long as it's one of your three open spots, you can switch those guys all you want. I am um, and then on top of that, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty cool setup. And then on top of that, you can 
absolutely still replace any players that are injured. If at any point anybody gets ruled out for, you know, like three games and Yahoo gives them the um, injured tag, you can go ahead and throw them on your IL spot and replace them. Um, but then the next day you're still only making three moves. So, you know, whoever you pick up, that's just a pickup for that day. And then you can either keep that player or, you know, that can be one of your drops, but then you only have two other add drop spots that you can use the next day. And then um, we just have like a little side rule too, that if there's ever a situation where you activate a player from IL and another player goes on IL the same day, those two guys kind of cancel each other out. So you can't add another guy for the guy that you put on IL because you already activate another guy. You already activated another guy off of IL earlier that day. And I know that's kind of confusing, <laughs> but, um, and it's not a situation that comes up too often, but it is something that we kind of put into our fine print for our roles. No, and it's, it's no, it makes, I, I think it makes sense. And it's good. Even all those little things that don't happen that often are definitely good to have some strategy to equal things out and make things more even playing field. I know myself, I'm always, I'm always a guy that hates the, uh, the minimum uh, or not the minimum, but the, the people have different amount of games. I know it's part of strategy and fantasy, but I always feel like there should be like a, a maximum amount of starts that you can have or whatnot within a week. Yeah. And that's another good idea too. I've seen leagues where they've said, Hey, you can do whatever you want, but our games cap, it's almost like it's a head to head playoffs, but they treat it like a roto league. They're like, you can't exceed 66 games or 68 games or seven. And I kind of like that. And I know it takes the, because we just talked about the schedule grid and all that stuff. And it kind of takes some fun out of that part and strategy, but I don't know. I think it evens things out because I mean, there's some, just looking when I started, I know this is not playoff related, but just starting my league this week for the all-star week, when I started it, before I made a couple transactions at the beginning of the week, the guy I was playing had 64 starts and I had 51. <laughs> yeah. And to make, and my team's not good as it is. So then I got to make up stats from 13 games as well. It's, it's difficult. So yeah, it's a grind. I made some moves and got it within three games now, but I had to drop some people, add some people that had better mm-hmm. favorable schedules that I didn't want to drop, but I just did it because I had yeah. to. Yeah, and that's that's the crappy part of the playoffs is you do have to make some tough calls, but it's a matter of you know winning or losing, you know, and if you lose, you're done. So it's yeah. all about survival at this point. You kind of have to shift gears a little bit and you know kind of reprioritize players, you know, guys that you were maybe saving all year and hoping for a little bit of upside, you know, sometimes you have to move on from those guys. But, uh, but in any case, it's just, it makes it more fun to have kind of a set plan on how you're going to, you know, tackle the playoffs versus not addressing it, not doing anything about it. And then, you know, at the end of the year, everybody who loses is like, well, it wasn't fair. It wasn't balanced. And, you know, so it's good to have those conversations at the end of the year and say, well, you know, hey, what does everybody want? You know, what are some ideas? And that's why I wanted to bring, you know, kind of our guidelines that we use in my league, because I think they're really good. I think they're really beneficial. I think they're um, things that other people in other leagues can consider doing for their playoffs. No, I like it. I think you always got to look at ways to make things better. Oh, we should. Yeah. Even the playing field and make everybody enjoy it more. Yeah. You know. So... Yeah, I think that's about all I got. I don't know if you got anything else. That's all I got, brother. 
All right. Well, it was fun again, as always. Uh, we thank everybody for listening to Menace Padma. You can listen to us every Thursday. Um, this is actually episode number eight for us already. So we've been through like two months of this, which is, and it's been great. Hell yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, if you missed any of them, they're all out there still. Go check them out. The other seven, if you want to catch up and, and spread the stuff. word. Yeah, exactly. Spread the word. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Menace Podman. And now you'll find the pics only on Twitter as of now. Go check them out. Um, we thank everybody iTunes, Spotify, everybody that helps us share our podcasts. Leave a review, message, support our podcast if you like what you hear, and we'll talk to you again next Thursday. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Endless Parliament.